Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ at 102.1 FM. It's your local community radio station. And my name's Andy, and I will be with you for the next hour broadcasting on Jagra and Turbul country. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about housing. Uh, it's a basic human need, one of the, you know, very top on the hierarchy of needs. And yet it's something that is denied to many people for reasons of affordability and something that's a a large hassle for a lot of other people about, you know, a lot of stress about living situations and, of course, a reminder that we don't have control over our own lives in this system when our uh, landlords make arbitrary decisions about the place where we live and we have no input into them. So I think some would say there's a permanent housing crisis when uh, so many people either don't have a home or are at the whims of landlords and um, not able to make their surroundings into a space which fully enables their flourishing. But in more recent times, uh, there's been talk about Queensland having a specific housing crisis. In fact, our Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has said that we are in a housing crisis and as such has called a housing summit next week. And so I thought, well, let's talk about it, about this housing crisis, try to figure out why we are in it and what we can do about it. So I spoke to Fiona Cornelia from Queensland Shelter about what factors have caused this housing crisis. They will be one of the stakeholders that is at the housing summit this week. Um, and so we chatted about uh, what's caused the crisis and what they think would be some solutions. And I also spoke to Sian from Secure, the South Queensland Union of Renters, who are trying to use the basic grassroots tactics of organizing with your neighbors and with people of the same interests as you other renters to try to gain 
some wins for renters in a system that is stacked against us. And so not only do they do that all the time, but they are actually organising a protest outside of the housing summit next week, next Thursday at the Brisbane Convention Centre to say, well, where's the voices of renters inside there? You've got a couple of NGOs and the government and then you know, big investors and the real estate body and things like that. And so they are going to be getting their voice heard in the old school way of hitting the streets for all the renters, which let's face it is most of us actually at one point or another. Most of us have been uh, kicked out against our will by landlords or we've been uh, charged unfairly, we think, money out of our bond or... Um, been subject to rent rises and continuous uh, inspections invading our privacy um, the, in all kinds of ways. Our, our housing is affected by the fact that housing is a commodity and people whose interest is only uh, their own profits, their own rising assets that they are responsible and have power over our own shelter. Uh, that's the world we live in, and worse than that is that there is a housing crisis for various reasons. Our housing supply is not kept up with demand, and so affordability is getting worse, more people on the streets. I spoke to Fiona Cornelia uh, from Queensland Shelter about the housing crisis, how it came about and maybe what we can do about it. Let's have a listen to Fiona. My name's Fiona Cornelia and I'm the Executive Director at Queensland Shelter. So before we go any further, I guess one question is... um, what is Queensland Shelter and what do you do? Uh, Queensland Shelter is a peak organisation that works to identify and progress solutions to housing need and homelessness. Um, our main stakeholders are specialist homelessness services, community housing providers and other interested individuals and stakeholders who want to see more housing solutions and the end of homelessness. All right, well, it has been in the news a bit that um, we're in a housing crisis here in Queensland and including our own government has said that. I guess what does it mean to say that we're in the midst of a housing crisis? The most important thing to kind of acknowledge is that the supply of housing for everyone is not enough to meet the population's current and emerging demand or need. Um, So when you don't have enough overall housing in the system to meet people's needs, you start to see more people needing to reach out for subsidised housing like uh, public housing, social housing, community housing and other types of affordable housing. So that puts so much demand on what's available um, that that we start to see, you know, more vulnerability to homelessness. Uh, One of the most important things we can do is ensure the health of the whole housing system where there's enough housing supply to meet population needs. And then it becomes much more feasible to achieve social and affordable housing for people who are more vulnerable and who really need more assistance. Mm. So if we're in a housing crisis at the moment, I guess what factors have caused us to be in this situation? Uh, Look, I think there's a, a variety of policy decisions that have been made over the years that have not helped. I think, you know, um, funding people through, um, 
home ownership grants can be unhelpful because generally that um, subsidy uh, um, doesn't really improve the affordability of that home and it certainly doesn't carry forward that there will be more affordable homes into the future for people who need them. The second thing that's really impacted in Australia is negative gearing because it caused, you know, a, a surge in demand for properties uh, with taxation um, concessions. So some people were able to acquire more properties, but that in a sense caused some inflation to prices as well. And I think the other thing um, that um, is really important to understand is that we have never really planned... Uh, a housing supply pipeline uh, with what we know about population projections. So we need to work in every local government really um, in partnership with the state and federal government to identify population pro projections by local government area and make sure that local planning schemes are generating enough opportunities for those homes to be built. Uh, so the lack of long-term planning is a really critical factor. And of course, things like COVID-19 and weather events cause real disruption, but it's more symptomatic that at those times the market has no resilience. It's, it's symptomatic of the lack of long-term planning rather than those events in and of themselves being the total cause. So this has been a long time in the making. Yeah, it's also been quite a sudden increase. I read one report that said that Queensland house prices have gone up by a third in the last 12 months or so and obviously a flooding damage to houses has uh, reduced the supply and COVID-19 influenced that as well. But I guess one of the interesting things there is there's a lot of factors that are wanting to push up housing prices and see that as a good thing. I guess for people who that's their asset, it's a good thing. Um, is there attention here at you know what's good for renters and vulnerable people and what's good for other sectors of society yeah there is an absolute tension i suppose the other factor about queensland is that the net inward migration is really quite significant it's a desirable place to live another trend over time is that household size is getting smaller uh has been for quite some time so you have you know, the housing we've got is what it is, but the number of people living in each house is gradually, slowly decreasing. And I think that, you know, largely policy settings have have favoured people who have had the, the wealth and the income to to purchase a home, sustain the purchase of that home and perhaps even expand their, their wealth-building opportunities to buy investment properties because the taxation framework is so favourable. People, um, you know, born in the last 30 years... Um, their wages don't match house prices in the way that wages used to be better calibrated to house prices. So their opportunities, if they have to rent while they save to uh, get a deposit together, are really, really diminishing. It's a very, very hard prospect for them. I mean, combined with that, our rental market is largely owned by individual investors, whereas in other jurisdictions around the world, there are larger build-to-rent um, models where institutions own larger amounts of rental housing and people are not as vulnerable to being evicted because the person wants to live there themselves or sell the property. So we've got this fragmented private rental market that you can't really um, uh, gain control over very easily because it's owned by a, a, a huge range of individuals, whereas overseas there's good models where institutions like superannuation funds and like community housing providers own larger amounts of rental stock and so therefore the tenancies are far less vulnerable to eviction. 
Well, there certainly seems like there's a lot of factors there um, all coming together. Now, next week there will be a housing summit chaired by the Queensland Parliament and I understand Queensland Shelter will be a part of it. What's on the agenda at the housing summit? Look, I think um, the stakeholders have already been asked to submit their best ideas for what we can do immediately and then what else we need to be doing medium to long term. Um, I think, I, I'm only imagining, because we're obviously still heading into it, but I imagine that um, the summit will try to prioritise some really effective ideas for now that can be immediately actioned to do something about supply now. And um, it will be seeking to get agreement, I think, about the things we need to most pursue together. As you said before, housing is really complex. There's a lot of factors and it's really um, the only way forward is if all levels of government plus the private sector and the community or not-for-profit sector all really partnering to, to achieve great results. So I hope the summit identifies the top five or ten things we need to do now as well as sets in motion a future plan for the things we can do to make sure there's enough homes for the population that we know is coming. So what does Queensland Shelter think would be a good result to come out of the summit? Look, I think <coughs> there's so many things. I mean, our, our policy submissions include over 50 recommendations, so there's a lot that needs to happen. But there's a couple of things I think we should be doing really quickly. Uh, there are people approaching us and approaching government about properties they're aware of that might be able to play their part. We think there needs to be a really systematic and efficient way of examining those properties and figuring out if they can come into the market right now or if with some minor modifications they could come into the market soon. That's really important. The second thing related to that is we would like to see um, you know, some attention to vacant properties to see how many of those properties might come into the market. And we would also like to see incentivisation of the return of short-term rentals to the long-term rental market. The other thing I think is really important, we've had a lot of contact with modular home builders and small home builders, is to identify sites that are well-serviced with infrastructure uh, to perhaps um, rise up modular home uh, you know, sites so that we can um, build housing quickly and affordably. We need to make sure that they're high-quality environments and they don't lack services that's really important but i think with the level of interest from modular home builders uh, we should be really looking at some arrangements like that so that we can build fast and effectively um, to meet current need mm. actually i'm interested in modular homes things like that they're a sort of a, a left field solution i guess and one that i guess is smaller um, rather than trying to build bulk, you know, apartment blocks, mm. public housing or something like that. But they're very inter- there's a, a lot of control that comes with that, I guess, with people owning a home and having control over their space. I, mm. How viable a solution do you see that as being for housing crisis? <clears throat> Look, I actually think we need a, a huge range, of, you know, diversity of housing types. I think consolidated um, and high-quality medium to high-density environments are a really important part of the future. Um, the truth is, uh, you know, and you don't want to see sprawling out to take up valuable farmland or, you know, greenfield sites which are perhaps environmentally significant. So consolidation of urban environments is a really important part of affordability. And often when you do let things sprawl out too much, you end up with... Um, 
other cost of living pressures and other types of poverty like fuel poverty because people have to travel so far for work. So we, we support that the idea of modular homes is a now idea, something that could happen now, but we also support a vast range of diverse housing types and tenures so that um, the diverse needs of the population can be met. There are other places in the world where the footprint of individual homes is much smaller than it is in Australia. We build some of the largest homes. And if it's true that we can, very likely we continue on a trend towards, you know, smaller rather than larger households, um, the average, I think, number of people living in any dwelling is 2.4, something around that. Um, then we need to be really thinking about what is the footprint of the homes that we're building and how can we be economical about the underpinning resource of land, which is often one of the biggest costs. Mm. Um, now, when governments say crisis or use these kind of words, it can ring a few alarm bells in that it can mean that things are pushed through that maybe they wouldn't be able to get through the electorate otherwise. And mm. um, I guess in this situation, is it possible that where a, a whole range of stakeholders uh, get together under the name of like a housing crisis, that we'll come out of the housing summer sort of worse off than we were before? Oh, look, I think um, there's a lot of goodwill and there's a lot of very, very capable people that will be participating. And, of course, we do need to do some things really quickly. There's no doubt about it. Um, but we can't go backwards in terms of the safety of housing, um, the security of housing. We need to address multiple aspects of housing people. I agree it's a crisis. I really do think it's a crisis. And I think we've needed to see it elevated to the status of a crisis because of the suffering and the hardship that people are going through. People who've never, ever struggled to find a home before, they've got um, employment, they've got income, but they still can't rise to the top in terms of competing for the very, very few rental properties that are available. So it is a crisis certainly for those people and that's why people like us need to say it is a crisis and, and progress solutions. I think the electorate... We need a really deep discussion in the electorate about what is home um, and what kind of diverse homes we need to meet population demands. I think if you have a home and you're saying certain types of other homes shouldn't exist because you don't like them, it's a privileged position from which to say that. I think the debate needs to be deep and informed so that we can understand why it's important to have housing diversity in the market so that we can make sure there aren't children living in cars, basically. Mm. And for those of us who are at the, I guess, the vulnerabilities of the, the rental market and, um, or even worse, people are on the street who, you know, we don't get a seat at the housing summit but just have to watch on. Are there things outside of these big institutions, big policies that you think that people can do to support each other for good housing and for, to support ourselves? Look, we already know there are many people in the community who are sharing their homes with others at the moment. Um, there is more home sharing going on. I think sometimes that also needs a bit of support because it, it might not be a permanent solution. And sometimes if, it, if it's resulting in overcrowding, it can cause real pressure on the household that's just trying to help. Um, but we see people are reaching out. I think the fact that um, the community responds by engaging with um, elected, uh, you know, people in their own neighbourhoods to let them know that they really support housing and homelessness solutions. Um, that's really important. And I think in churches, in schools, uh, in, um, you know, clubs, 
There are all sorts of things you can be doing to, you know, respond to people in those institutions that perhaps are facing hardship. I know uh, I'm involved in a PNC committee and we've tucked away a little bit of money to make sure that any children in hardship can participate in activities. Um, there are sports clubs I know that have a really supportive stance towards homeless people living in public space. There's all sorts of ways that the community can really dig deep and play their part. Um, and I, we encourage people to get on our website and find out how you can be a subscriber so you can hear about opportunities to be informed about what you can do. All right, well, what is that website if people want to find out more? It's qshelter.asn.au. Okay, thanks very much for chatting with us today, Fiona. Thank you for the interest. Now we're speaking with Fiona Cornelia from Queensland Shelter and um, they have a plan, a proposed plan for uh, solutions to the housing crisis which you can read on their website as do the Australian Council of Social Services or Queensland Council of Social Services who um, will also be at the housing summit. Uh, they have a comprehensive plan that talks about have housing everybody in Queensland by the 2032 Olympics. So things worth looking at there. There's other um, groups as well who have been doing things. I know that in state parliament, the Greens this week have tabled a land vacancy tax, which um, char- people who are sitting on empty properties and watching their asset rise in value while they do nothing constructive with it would be have an extra tax they would have to pay um, to help subsidise the government housing. So things like that are interesting to um, check out and if we work out what we want to do, how we want to campaign, what we want to get behind, then um, things like that are worth keeping an eye on. Now, a group who is uh, trying to do in working their own power to address the housing crisis is South East Queensland Union of Renters and or SECURE by the uh, acronym. Uh, and they have been around a few years and are trying to use the kind of basics of collective organising to address the housing crisis. I spoke with Sian from Secure this morning to hear more about what they do. Hey, uh, my name's Sian. I'm a member of the South East Queensland Union of Renters. Now, South East Queensland Union of Renters, which I should add has the excellent acronym SECURE. Very good work oh, yeah. ever came up <laughs> with that one. Um <laughs> But many of our listeners probably don't know much about it. Can you start off by giving us a bit of an introduction to say what is Secure and what do you do? Yes, so um, what we are is kind of in the name. We're a union of renters, right? Um, And it kind of operates on the same principle that people would be used to for trade unions. So just the idea that individually uh, where we, you know, workers or renters, and, you know, our bosses and landlords have all the power. They have the money and institutional power. But if we come together collectively and get organised, we can fight against that. Um, so, yeah, the main thing we do is fighting against that. Uh, so things like getting people's bonds back, getting maintenance carried out, um, that sort of thing. And, yeah, we do a bit of struggle about, like, 
wider issues as well, um, like what's upcoming with the housing summit. Mm. Okay, we'll get back to the housing summit, but um, let's talk about the process of trying to get people's bonds back and get repairs done and things like that. How does that process work? Uh, <laughs> it take a lot of different... Um, often when people come to us, the uh, kind of more legal route, uh, not that we do illegal things, um, has been exhausted. So, you know, QCAT and that sort of process has been exhausted. So what we do is um, we try and leverage collective power um, against the real estate or landlord that's screwing people over. Um, And what that involves just varies case to case. Um, Sometimes it's just like a collective email or letter to them. Um, Sometimes it escalates to, you know, the point where we're picketing outside their office um, or, you know, going and visiting their open houses and letting potential renters and buyers know how dodgy they are. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of different tactics for you. Mm. And it's interesting, I guess there's, there is things in place like QCAT, as you've said, um, or there's things like Tenants Queensland. Um, there's more institutional kind of things which, you know, supposedly are there to, you know, arbitrate on behalf of tenants and things like that. Um, but secure is a bit more of a grassroots kind of thing. Is is that an intentional thing? And what do you see as the, the virtues of being a, a less institutional response? Yeah, grassroots thing. Just because, yeah, so it's run um, and everything, the membership has total say over things, how things happen. Um, you know, everyone's a volunteer. There's no money or interest like that involved. And that's just because we saw um, that this wasn't happening. Um, and the more kind of institutional routes like QCAT um, is stacked in favour of the landlords and real estate. Yeah, it's one of the things, I guess, we've got this uh, housing summit coming up and I guess um one of the tensions that exists in talking about housing is that there there are very different uh things that people want out of housing right that the the landlord class the property owning class for them uh house prices going up is good rents going up is good and that like that um even though they might talk about the virtues of housing everybody, like what they really want is their investment increasing in value. And for renters, it's not... Um, those things, what's good for the landlords isn't necessarily good for the renters. And this is a real tension when we see things like the government trying to bring out mm. um, solutions to the housing crisis that if they don't address these tensions and it can't be resolved, then I think um, that's one of the interesting things about something like Secure, hey, is that it's... Uh, somebody that's not afraid to be political and say that there's a there's different classes here who have different interests yeah something we um try and be very very about like and everything is that um our interests to you know developers landlords real estate agents um you know the landlord politicians they're not reconcilable with our interests as tenants um, and there's no way to make them reconcilable. So this whole thing, it's a question of power. Uh, who has the most power? 
And at the moment, it's stacked so heavily, so heavily in their favour. Um, and that's why this housing summit is, like, such a fast right. They've invited what the Real Estate Institute of Queensland, who are, they're kind of the organised body of um, the real estate agents. Um, you've got Master Builders Association, He'll probably be saying whatever's bad for the CMFU is good for them. Uh, the Property Council of Australia, who are a developer's interest group. Like, we can't... Um, our interests are just diametrically opposed and there's no way to overcome this. We just need to build more power for ourselves. Mm. And so, I guess, what's the model of for Secure, of how do tenants build power to, you know, win back some ground here? Yeah, so the main part of uh, building this power is tenants coming together and getting organised. So that's learning how to take things like collective direct action to stand up for our... Even if there's something small, right, like just getting a little bit bond back or getting your landlord to fix something, like that all accumulates and teaches us, uh, you know, how to work together um, builds up bonds of solidarity so that eventually grows bigger and bigger and we become like a counterpower to this predatory industry. Mm. So if people are interested in joining Secure, um, how do you do that and what does it look like to be a member? Cool. So to join, um, anyone can join as long as you're not a landlord or real estate agent. Um, if you... You can be a full voting member if you don't control your own housing. So that's not just people who are on formal leases. That can be like if you're couch surfing or living with mates as well. Um, homeowners can also um, be solidarity members if they support the cause. Um, and you just do that. Go to our website, secure.homes, um, and fill out the form. Um, and what being a member involves is we want our members to be active and organized, right? Like we don't like uh being active is the most important thing this isn't something where you know the higher ups pass down like instructions to the lower you know other levels of membership we're all on equal thing here so most of all we want people coming along to things come to meetings come to actions um just do whatever you can to get involved in the struggle because it is going to take every single one of us mm. and next week there will be the Queensland Housing Summit happening and Secure is going to have a presence, if not at the table of power, um, at least at the convention centre. Can you tell us about the protests that you're organising? Yeah, so um, we're going to be out front protesting this housing summit that's being pulled by um, our landlord, Premier. Um, we're not too interested in having a seat at the table at it because... Uh, but inside will be people who cause this crisis. So obviously they don't have the solutions. Um, so we'll be out front letting our voices be heard um, and trying to build up that counter power. Um, so it's Thursday, 9 a.m. on the 20th uh, outside the Brisbane Convention Centre. Um, definitely encourage everyone to come along. If you've never been to a protest before, it's a great way to get to know other tenants and start getting organised. All right. Thanks heaps, Sian. Thank you so much for having me. On the Paradigm Shift, that is Sian there from Secure, the South East Queensland Union of Renters, trying to organise together 
for those of us who pay rent, pay somebody else's mortgage, yet have little control over our housing when it comes down to it. Um, and of course, when we talk about housing crisis, it should be remembered that there are 40,000 Queenslanders um homeless by statistics and who knows if that is catching everybody um which is close to one in a hundred queenslanders actually is homeless which is a remarkable remarkable statistic um and so and it's hard to flourish without a home i mean that kind of precariousness it increases any mental health struggles that people have it increases your likelihood of um addictive behavior and the potential for violence of course the traumas that pile up on top of each other in those situations and it really is i mean for a flourishing society basically everybody has to have shelter as a starting point so as a safe point where they can you know be able to look after themselves and be able to begin to flourish into the person, the people that we were meant to be. And so uh, there is no doubt a housing crisis. I think any situation where there are people living on the streets or between houses or um, whatever uh, situations they don't want to be is a crisis and that we need to explore different things to do about them. Today on the show, we had Queensland Shelter talking about, uh, you know, what causes the crisis, some of the economic issues, and there's a lot of things that have built up from continuing people advocating for ways to make more wealth, basically, is what has added up to create a crisis. And then we had Cien from Secure talking about one attempt of people getting together to just use the power we have as ordinary people working collectively to try to address some of the 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 lack of power that we have over our own housing and so that's worth checking out and secure uh they have regular meetings but they also are organizing a protest outside the queensland government housing summit next thursday 9 a.m outside the brisbane convention and exhibition center in south brisbane so if you want to get down there and let them know, let those people inside the housing summit know that uh, we want real change, you know, we want things that will look after renters in general and, of course, the most vulnerable people um, who are homeless or in insecure housing, of which there are many varieties. I get down to that. Um, and I think it, it was also interesting to hear uh, some alternative possibilities uh especially talking with fiona from um q shelter about yeah i guess sharing houses about looking at how big our houses are and the possibilities of shared living about tiny houses and living in vehicles and maybe there could be more government support for more creative ways of housing i think that's really worthwhile i mean a vehicle is a bit cramped a van or something but uh, how much power do you have over your own housing, your own space compared to renting? And of course, it's so much cheaper and you start to open up lots of other possibilities once you're not living just to pay the rent. And so I think creativity as well is really valuable in 
uh, how we address this when it is such a, a basic need but also such a basic part of what uh, keeps the grind of capitalism going, you know, everybody's need to pay for shelter. And so let's talk about creative solutions as well. So I, I think things like tiny houses, um, shared housing, living in vehicles, anything that gives people a bit more autonomy over their housing is worthwhile. That's about all we have time for on the Paradigm Shift. See you next week, same time, same place on your radio.